I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. Yes, you are here at the number one gun rights podcast in the world, and that's according to Feedspot, not just me saying it. And the reason I'm number one is because of you, my beloved listeners. And man, I do appreciate you, and that's no joke. And we are getting the message out, and we're getting the word out, and every day I get lots of great feedback from you wonderful folks and uh, you tell me how much I've helped you and uh, how much you appreciate the show and that means everything to me so I really do appreciate it and I love you all now today of course we have some very interesting things to talk about and we're gonna of course have the gun owner fuck up of the week that we have to uh, discuss because that is the very cheap lesson that you get to learn that was very costly for any number of my clients when they made these mistakes. And I don't want you to make these mistakes. So these are critical for you to know. But what we're looking at now is some very interesting things in the news. And I have some great letters, as usual, that are very thought-provoking, to say the least. Now, um, what's very interesting is at times things appear in the news that are uh, you can compare and contrast. So two stories, uh, articles appear that make us contrast and raise the very important question. Uh, who is a bigger jerk, uh, Joe Biden or Phil Murphy? Boy, that is a tough question. Who is the bigger jerk? Boy, I, I, I'm not even going to make a call on that one. You folks can think about it. But in that debate that you might have with yourself or others as to who's a bigger jerk, let's take a look at their... Uh, at their combo jerky things that they just did and talked about here in the news. So um, the senile sock puppet, I, I, I mean Biden, that is Biden, uh, what he recently did was he gave a, a very interesting uh, mandate, an ultimatum, if you will, to Israel. Of course, we're all very much aware of the terrorist attack on all the civilians in Israel and and um, it's just a horrific atrocity. I never call it a tragedy. It's not a tragedy. It's atrocities. It's horrific, barbaric, savage atrocities committed by these terrorists. And looking at uh, the response to that, of course, is what? Individual civilians needing to be armed, needing to defend themselves. And it, of course, becomes a very strong case as to why gun rights are so critical and so important. And, of course... Uh, uh, you know, our uh, senile friend there, he can't uh, tolerate anything because his entire um, fallback, which is uh, is to be anti-gun at every turn, to sell out to uh, the anti-gun interests and the billionaires that are pushing it, and uh, he never fails to take advantage of any uh, atrocity that gets committed and do the blood dance and what have you. Now, in this case, he's in a tough position because he doesn't want to alienate um, the Jewish Democrats, which for some reason still haven't seen the light as to the problem with being a Jewish Democrat when you look at uh, the other folks that are participating in that party with blatant anti-Semitism. But that's another issue, and it's not directly related to guns. But what is directly related to guns? Is Biden telling Israel that, uh, hey, Israel wants to buy 24,000, <coughs> quote-unquote, assault rifles from the U.S.? Thousands of M-16s, what they probably mean to say M-4s, of course. 
And uh, the Biden administration said, hey, they're not going to approve that sale until Israel guaranteed that those guns would not reach civilian outposts in the West Bank, which the Biden administration and its Democratic allies view as occupied territory. This is quoting, by the way, from the Free Beacon. Look at that. We don't want the very people who need to have guns to defend themselves from terrorists to have guns. That's cute. Especially dreaded intrinsically evil assault rifles, right? Well, Israel, of course, is going to do what they're going to do, and it is vital to Israel's own defense that its people be armed, and they're independently arming their people as well. But uh, that's just very interesting to see the Biden administration taking this position. And it's not just because of the politics of them trying to balance out their anti-Semitic, progressive, Jew-hating, wipe Israel and the Jews off the map part of the Democrat Party, but also because when civilians have the evil, intrinsically deadly, one purpose only to kill guns that we would call modern sporting arms, um, that when they have that and it is used for self-defense, that it undercuts their argument in their efforts to disarm us, especially when we have the FBI director telling us that we're next, that the threat level of terrorist attack here is a very serious and raised to the highest levels in maybe on record at the moment. So basically, we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop here so that we can experience uh, the similar thing that occurred in Israel. And guess what's going to be mandated for us? The same thing, that our people be armed. But that's really tough for Biden to have to swallow that, you know. So we better stop Israel from arming civilians with the very guns they want for that very purpose. Now, at the same time, you have Biden putting this ultimatum out. And, uh, by the way, this article uh, that is quoted from the Free Beacon is also found at the BearingArms.com, and it's called Biden's Ultimatum on Guns to Israel, very telling, by Tom Knighton. So you can check out Bearing Arms for the full article on that that also quotes into the Free Beacon on this uh, Biden position. But also I want to point out that in Bearing Arms, which is a great aggregate uh, news site and then the site that gives a lot of great um, up-to-date uh, Second Amendment uh, news. Uh, my good friend, John Petrolino, who's a great writer and very Jersey-focused as well, and he really gets to the heart of uh, these issues and uh, always read anything John puts out, and I know you should too, and he is a contributor there at Bearing Arms, and he had an article here uh, New Jersey's Attorney General Office weighs in on reciprocity. And this is uh, fun because what he did was he requested from the Attorney General uh, about Jersey and reciprocity and lays out very well and importantly why we need to have reciprocity, why we should have reciprocity, and what's Jersey's position on reciprocity. So ready for the unbelievable shock. I know you're all going to be shocked and not even be able to sleep tonight hearing this, but New Jersey has no reciprocity with any other state, and the Attorney General confirmed that. I guess that's because New Jersey's carry permit is just so damn good that no other state could even think of comparing to it. But the reality of it is, 
we need reciprocity. We shouldn't have to deal with a patchwork quilt of laws. And, of course, the classic reciprocity of all reciprocities is what? Reciprocity for our driving license, right? Just imagine if you had to get a separate driver's license for every state you ever wanted to drive in. Well, that's what New Jersey thinks is their approach. And, of course, the difference between driving and guns is that driving is not a right. It's a privilege, but guns are a right. And defending yourself outside your home is a right. So if anything should have reciprocity, it should be our ability to defend ourselves even before driving. But in reality, that's not how these governments operate. And the point with Murphy is, while denying reciprocity to any other state, which also stops Jersey Carry from having much more reciprocity with other states that would recognize New Jersey if New Jersey would recognize them, I'm happy to report, as John Petrolina reported in his article, that officials from the state of New Jersey have come to a signing of a memorandum of understanding, ready for this, folks, with the Republic of Korea to have driver's license reciprocity. Isn't that great? So just think of how many Jerseyans were um, just losing sleep at night, worried that their driver's license wouldn't work for them in South Korea. Um, compared to how many Jerseyans need to cross the border of New Jersey with their gun and would really like to make sure that we have reciprocity with those other states. But no, they did make an agreement for driver license reciprocity with South Korea. That's about Jersey in a nutshell. I mean, it's just Unbelievable. So I don't know who's the bigger jerk. Murphy administration, Biden administration. That's a question that really cannot be answered. But the fun never ends, right, folks? And speaking of which, here's actually some really good news. And the good news is that the U.S. District Court, that's in the Fifth Circuit, good old Fifth Circuit there in Texas, the Fifth Circuit has granted a nationwide injunction blocking the pistol brace ban enforcement. So when the uh, Biden administration, when they went and have engaged in all this agency overreach of the ATF promulgating regulations beyond the scope of their authority left and right on pistol braces and pistol and gun frames and on, you know, forced reset triggers and doing every kind of reinterpretation imaginable and now still attempting to promulgate the rule of making anybody who sells a gun for a profit requiring an FFL to do it. All these things that that administration is getting done by way of agency overreach agency action because they can't get it passed through the legislature. So they're attempting to legislate by bureaucracy. Well, guess what? This pistol brace ban has been enjoined nationwide against ATF for it being enforced. Now, of course, they're going to appeal it. We're still in a fight it doesn't mean this is anywhere over, but it is, of course, a great day. 
when the uh, BATF is uh, slapped back with their abuse under the agency's uh, Administrative Procedures Act. And uh, this is great stuff. And this applies, you know, to everyone, whether you're members of the uh, organization that brought the lawsuit or not. But um, you still need to be cautious, folks, because it's not over. And although it looks extremely promising, and when you get this type of injunction up front before the decision is officially made into a final and then after that, I'm sure we'll see further appeals, if not appeals now. You know, it's still working its way, but these are wins, and we're seeing even more wins, including the Supreme Court of the United States accepting the bump stock case. That's right, going after that bump stock ban, again, overreached by ATF, creating that ban just by agency action, even though for almost 10 years and they're fine, you know, for these things are good to go. They let it go. They say it's okay, and then suddenly it's not okay. I mean, they're like the flippity gibbets of uh, agencies. But in, in reality, they let it say something's good to go, and then when they ban it, now they have to go collect them all. So that's like the original make-work agency. Hey, yeah, you got to give us more money. Look at all this work we have to do <clears throat> that we created. But that's what you're seeing going on. So good news there. Great to see the court doing that. And it's great to see ATF kind of losing left and right on these things. And I'm sure it's going to come to a head again in the Supreme Court. And so these are all exciting things and reasons to be hopeful. And you are vital to that hope we got to stay strong. we got to keep up the fight. And the way that we fight, one of the great ways, is through our organizations. And that's why I want to, of course, mention our good friends and sponsor of the show at the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. They are the premier gun rights organization in New Jersey. They have the full-time paid lobbyist in Trenton. They're there in the federal courts as we speak fighting the assault firearm ban, fighting the large capacity magazine ban, fighting the carry killer ban, and making great progress. They have an excellent newsletter, best gun rights newsletter in New Jersey. You get the email alerts, and you know that you are part of the solution when you belong to the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, the NRA of New Jersey. They are the umbrella group of the gun clubs, and you as an individual member can help make us stronger. So please join ANJRPC. Just go to ANJRPC.org. And when we come back, I have some great letters that I know you're going to enjoy. For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners a fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law, 
a bright orange gun law bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hey, welcome back to Gun Lawyer. And I have some of these letters that I want to share with you. People really send some great and interesting questions. And I find that many people end up with having these same questions. So we get to talk about them here and you can learn from these questions. So here I have a question from... Ellie, and Ellie says, Evan, thank you for your podcast. It is both appreciative, appreciated and informative. I'm a card-carrying member of U.S. Law Shield and a proud member of We Shoot. Mark and all my instructors speak very highly of you. It's my understanding that self-defense liability insurance is not legal to purchase in New Jersey as of 2022. Quote, New Jersey Phil Murphy signed an executive order directing New Jersey's Department of Banking and Insurance to prohibit or limit the sale of insurance products and encourage the improper use of firearms. Now, Eli says, why would they do that? Is it legal to ban a consumer from the right to purchase insurance? Is this ban being challenged? If so, where are we at with progress? Are there any options to purchase insurance under any other sort of policies other than self-defense insurance that would give coverage. Well, Ely, thank you very much for your um, letter. And uh, let me tell you. So originally, the politics of this go back to when in New York, uh, NRA had pursued what's called carry guard. And unfortunately, carry guard, when it was launched by the uh, insurance company there, they apparently... Uh, New York claimed that they did not follow New York insurance law in doing so. And I believe they ended up paying a lot of money over that, and the program was ended. And that alerted uh, the anti-gunners to the self-defense liability insurance, um, let's say, market, if you will. And after that, you saw that the governors and were put out executive orders based on insurance, banning these products. They banned these products by executive order by saying that they were not in compliance with New Jersey banking and insurance, and that's how they ended up prohibiting them. And then, of course, they used pejoratives by calling them uh, murder insurance, and it ended up forcing uh, most of these self-defense liability companies out of New Jersey. But Here's where there's a little bit of blending in your question because, you see, self-defense liability insurance 
what I think really we're talking about is gun owner protection plan. Now, if you're talking about civil insurance for if you get sued when you use your gun and then you want a claim to get covered, well, that's a different kind of insurance. Now, that insurance, we're talking about claims being made because someone gets injured because you shot them and they want to allege a civil action against you. Well, that insurance, not only was that you know, originally prohibited by Murphy and then called murder insurance by him, but then in his signing of the New Jersey Carry Killer Bill, in that very signing, they tried to come up with every hurdle they could to stop us from getting our carry license. So what do they do in that law? They put a requirement that gun owners that have a carry a firearm must get this type of insurance. So the very thing that he called murder insurance and then by executive order prohibited is the very thing that ends up, he signs requiring it for carry permit holders. Now that problem existed in that the requirements that they were promulgating that was actually put forward in the statute were so extreme that it forced insurance companies, if they were going to do such policies, to insure intentional acts. Insurance companies don't insure intentional acts. They insure negligence, you know, things like that, not not intentionally, which is why it never was really murder insurance at all. But no insurance company would even write the product. But the good news is that provision got enjoined as unconstitutional to even require that insurance, and it's still enjoined. So you do not need to get that insurance to have a carry. Now, the other type of, quote, insurance you're talking about here, in a way, is what Murphy originally banned, which were the gun owner protection insurance plans. However, you're a member of U.S. Law Shield. Now, how can U.S. Law Shield exist in New Jersey under Phil Murphy's ban? That's because U.S. Law Shield is a member-based program. They're members protecting members. It's not insurance. It's members protecting members. So that organization, prior, well prior to Murphy signing this order, had already gotten approval through the Department of Banking and Insurance, which they have in writing that what U.S. Law Shield was providing was not insurance. So therefore, U.S. Law Shield was able to continue offering the members this benefit, whereas the other companies were not able to, such as USCCA and others. They had to leave, and they're not sold in New Jersey because of this executive order and the um, things surrounding the sale of this type of insurance. But again, U.S. Law Shield isn't insurance. It's members protecting members, and that's the difference. And yet the other type of insurance that you're referring to, where you're covered for civil judgment, etc., that is not available unless you get it as just part of your, your protection in your homeowner's policy, where you may want to get a umbrella policy, where if you're sued for anything else like that, if it's recklessness or where you're sued, you, they may have exclusions for recklessness, I don't know, you're going to have to see, but at least for negligence or other things, accidents, what you might be able to do is get civil protection through your homeowner's policy and through umbrella policy for this if, if you end up with a civil judgment.
But as far as if you get criminally charged and you need representation, that's what U.S. Law Shield is going to provide to you. I'm the independent program attorney for U.S. Law Shield in New Jersey, for example. And uh, as that independent program attorney, if uh, anyone has a problem, then I'm going to be the one handling it through Law Shield. But that's how it works. That's the differences here. And of course, yeah, there's a lot of politics in it. And at this time, though, uh, you know, we don't have that yet. Of course, it's very odd that the law originally required it. So maybe they'll finally come around to realizing their original propaganda approach was flawed. Maybe we'll see improvements on that and such insurance may become available. But no matter what, we're not going to see insurance as laid out in the carry killer bill because the requirements there are just beyond what insurers do. Ellie, thank you very much for your letter. Let's take a look at another letter. Oh, and by the way, Ellie talked about being a a proud member of We Shoot. And I got to tell you, folks, We Shoot is awesome. And I am a member. I got my carry certification there. My son got his carry certification there. My brother got his carry certification there. And you can too. They are awesome. It's a great range. Great group of folks there. I love it there. I really, really do. I know you will too. They have top-of-the-line trainers, and as the other listener's letter I just read, he's feeling the same way, you can see. And this is a great resource. They're a range, indoor range, right in Lakewood, New Jersey. Easy access there, Monmouth County, Ocean County, all that area. You know, it's a great resource, a great range. Get to training, join. They do all kinds of fun things. As a matter of fact, on November 15th, is their turkey shoot. Now, this turkey shoot is where you get to shoot a ballistic gelatin turkey. It's about 25 pounds of ballistic gelatin in the um, configuration of a turkey, about 12 inches tall. And if you go there, on that day, they're offering a special deal. Includes range time and a gun rental, and you get to blast this gelatin turkey. It is really fun. I did it with uh, my wife as well and my son. We had a great time. We blasted the gummy teddy bear that they did last time. So we're looking forward to stuffing a turkey full of lead at uh, We Shoot. So they do all kinds of fun, cool stuff like that. Check out We Shoot. You'll see what I'm saying. It's not exaggeration. Awesome range, awesome people. Get certified, get training. The trainers are tops, wonderful people. Doesn't matter if you don't know how to shoot, you're brand new, don't feel nervous at all. They will make you feel like home. Everybody's like family there. And they will get you the knowledge and skills that you need. Check out WeShootUSA.com for more on WeShoot. Matter of fact, if you go to We Shoot's website, you go there right now to We Shoot USA, the website. The first thing when you go to the website, it's kind of hilarious, is a pop up of me. I'm not kidding. It's a pop up of me talking about We Shoot and my experience and my book 
and what they offer. And um, I just did this. They asked, hey, would you mind? I'm like, no, no problem. I just did it right off the top of my head because it's all true. I didn't need a script. Don't need it. You know, we want to see yours truly. Take a look. I'm, I'm warning you. I have a face for radio. But check out We Shoot, and you can watch my pop-up right there and learn about We Shoot. You'll get a kick out of it. I know I did. But uh, something that if you're absolutely, unbelievably bored, you will want to watch my video there. No, I'm just kidding. It's fun. And I am holding my orange book, The Bible of New Jersey Gun Law. That is right. It is New Jersey Gun Law, the 25th anniversary edition. You got to have my book, man. That is the book to have because it explains 120 topics of Jersey Gun Law in question and answer format. There's nothing else like it in the world. You want to understand Jersey Gun Law? Guess what? There's a book out there, and I wrote it. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of man hours to get that written. It's a labor of love, and I did it for you. So many people use it, rely on it, thank me every day for it, and it really makes me feel good. You need to have that book so you don't get tripped up, so that you know the laws. And then on the front cover of this book is a QR code. you got to scan it because that gives you access right away to my free, 100% free, subscriber portal. And once you subscribe there, within 24 hours of any law change in New Jersey, statutes, attorney general opinions, anything that affects our gun rights in Jersey, I'm letting you know, and I have the updates there, and they're free. So this book stays current all the time. And with the archive access, you can access any of the old uh, updates. And so once you buy this book, it's kind of a living book that will stay updated. It's free. So if you'd like to get a copy, just go to evannappen.com. That's my own website, evannappen.com. You'll see the bright orange book right there. Just click it and order yourself a copy. You'll be glad that you did. Hey, let's take a look here at another letter from a listener. And this is from Stephen. And Stephen says, question for your podcast, parentheses, which is excellent, I have to say, and parentheses. Well, I like your parentheses a lot. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, I may be a bit ahead of schedule here, but what are the renewal requirements for a New Jersey PTC? And thank you for calling it a PTC, Stephen. I appreciate it. My current PTC expires in about a year, and I just want to be ready and on time. Yeah, PTC, because we don't have a CCW. We don't have a concealed carry weapon. It's not concealed carry weapon. It's a permit to carry a handgun. That's literally what it is. I know CCW is so out there in the ether, it's hard to break away. And I don't, I get it if you use it, but let's try to be accurate. With New Jersey, it's a PTC because it doesn't allow you to carry any other weapons. Whereas, say, in Florida, it does. Florida allows you to carry other weapons other than a handgun. But Jersey is a permit to carry a handgun, it's a PTC. Anyway, P.S. I'm fully prepared to hear that no one knows. Yes, I would understand you might think that. That's pretty good, Steve, that no one knows what the renewal requirements are. But actually, we have a pretty good idea. Now, that doesn't mean it's not subject to change. And, of course, it might be. But the law does out, lay out what the uh, renewal requirements are. And they're basically the same as to get your license. The only difference is going to be in the renewal application is whether or not you would have to requalify under the CCARE. And if you've taken the CCARE within two years of your 
new application for renewal, you don't have to. Take it again. So once you have it under your belt and you're reapplying within that two-year period, then you're covered for even your qualification course. So you'll be good to go. And then it's all the usual stuff, the same as on your original application. So that's all there is to it at this time. That's it. So there's nothing to sweat about the renewal. You already got your PTC. You know what's involved in getting that. Well, that's what's involved in getting your renewal. But it's a good question, and I understand why you wonder what it is and that no one might even know, but actually we do know. Now, what might change, of course, are some serious things in that law based on the litigation being brought by our show sponsor, the Association of Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, which are currently challenging the carry killer bill and a number of the provisions that are in the licensing requirements. So there may be changes in the renewal, hopefully for the better, based on success in litigation. But for now, it will be essentially the same as on your original carry, if your original carry was a chief-issued carry. If you ended up going through the courts and had to have your license issued by a judge, which was prior to the law being changed, well, then it will be even more different for you because now we're dealing with the chief-issued permit and judges, thank God, are no longer involved in the process. They've always been the problem more than anything. Um, they were have never been the defenders of our rights. It's just the opposite, trying to figure out any way to stop us from exercising our rights because it's guns, you know. For some reason, they can't understand the Second Amendment and what it means. But luckily, we're away from that now, and it's chiefs that are doing the job and or the superintendent, depending on where you live. And the difference between the old application and the new application, other than judges, uh, would be the new CCARE requirements, which, of course, everybody knows uh, uh, you need to do, and you need to re-qualify if you haven't by uh, December. The countdown clock is on my website at evannappen.com to see. So make sure you get the new CCARE under your belt. It's not difficult. You can do it, and that's also the training requirements for new applications, and it's simply testing core competency. And I, uh, any competent shooter should be able to handle that. And the other differences would be an additional reference going from three to four. At a higher price, it's now $200 versus the old $50. But uh, it's still a uh, shall-issue license now. And it's a, it's, a, it's a benchmark for New Jersey that we have finally gotten to a shall-issue license. And now we're working on expanding its utilitarian value by trying to defeat the limitations that the state has put on it, particularly the 25-sensitive places and other nonsense to create victim disarmament zones in New Jersey. Hey, let's talk about the gun owner fuck-up of the week. These are real cases, real people, real things that I see and I say, oh, and then it becomes very costly for these folks to try to straighten it out, to try to deal with it. And I say, I want my listeners to know about these things so hopefully they can avoid these same mistakes. So this week I want to talk about consenting to giving up your guns. Oh, folks, please. If the police ask you to surrender your guns, the answer is no. 
You will not surrender your guns unless they have some type of court order. That's it. If they have a court order for a ERPO, an extreme risk protection order, a court order for a TRO, a temporary restraining order, if they have a court order for a duty to warn, okay? But police just coming to you and saying, we'd like you to surrender your guns, you know, would you cooperate with us and surrender your guns? Or, and then they usually will add, don't worry, we'll be able to give them back to you or just for safekeeping or whatever other excuse they may have. The answer to that is a big N-O. Why? Because you need due process, folks. And if you think you're being really great and cooperative because you just let the police take your guns without any bit of due process, without any court order whatsoever, then now it's going to be that much more difficult to get your guns back. Because sometimes I've even heard people say, why did you surrender? Well, because, and this is just recently this week, I gave it because if we didn't, they were, they were going to file a uh, extremist protection order on me. Good! Good! Because if they file that, that means we're going to court and we can fight to get your guns back. When you just give them up, there's no statutory framework to get your guns back. If they take your guns by a turbo, the statute lays out on the hearings and how we can get your guns and your gun rights back. If they take your guns with a TRO, the statute lays out the procedure on weapon forfeiture and getting your guns and gun rights back. If they take it because of duty to warn, guess what? Statutory framework to get your guns back. If they take your guns because you just said, okay, take them, and they didn't have anything from the court saying that that's what you were required to do, no statutory framework to getting them back. Now we're going to be begging the prosecutor to try to get them back to you. They're not under any obligation, not under any pressure in any court for them to show up to any court date for nothing. They're going to sit on it and wait on it. There's no reason to move on it. As your guns sit there and your card sits there and it's all been given up voluntarily by you and you want to get them back, yeah, right. And we got no leverage, folks. And then it's going to take something expensive like maybe a replevin action for returning your property, which is then going to trigger other things from that, and it's going to get out of hand over the whole battle. Whereas if you had said no and instead insisted on the due process, we'd have that statutory framework to fight to get your guns back instead of putting you in limbo over your guns and your gun rights without any due process and any system in place to address it in an efficient, regulated manner. That's the screw-up for today. Don't you ever make that screw-up. This is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws do not protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.